0: Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode number 466.
1: Woo, that's a lot. That
0: is a lot. At only 19,730 square miles, Costa Rica is obviously smaller than some U.S. states. But the question is, how many U.S. states is it smaller than? So if Costa Rica was a U.S. state, where would it rank by size? take a guess Heather what do you think
1: so you want me to guess where it would rank
0: yeah where it would rank like out of what the number 50 states? states out of yes sir out of 50 states where would it rank
1: um okay
0: 34th let you know in a second
1: on my way through I saw you on my way
0: through. At 19,730 square miles, Costa Rica would rank 42nd out of the 50 U.S. states, smaller than West Virginia, but larger than Maryland, and two and a half times smaller than our home state <laughs> of Pennsylvania. That is pretty Very crazy. Very small. That is pretty crazy. I'm Trav, joining me today, someone whose tan is still there, right?
1: I I mean, we've only been home for four days, so yeah, yeah, I think it's still there.
0: (laughs) All right, all right. My wife, constant travel companion, Heather, and today we are talking about a place that really, at least for me, I'll let you speak for yourself, captured our hearts, that is tamarindo costa rica
1: yes costa rica is a wonderful country we loved being in tamarindo and i know that you're saying it's so small but it doesn't feel small when you're there and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that it takes a very long time to get anywhere by car so it's much smaller than pennsylvania but i would say 95 percent of the roads are dirt roads
0: Right. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, if you're going from one city to the next or one beach town to the next, it takes time.
0: Yeah. You're not hopping on a highway and just, you know, going on the PA Turnpike and getting between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh in five hours. No, you're going on back roads. You're going over huge hot potholes. You're going down in little ravines. Mm-hmm. You're going over bridges that look like they might not hold your little SUV, but somehow <laughs> do. It's it's quite an adventure, and um, we we really have fallen in love with with Tamarindo, and we'll be doing today our destination diary about it. And if you haven't ever listened to the EPop podcast before, our destination diaries are think of them as travel guides, but it's our on the ground account. Of the place that we have been, so we'll tell you everything we loved, everything we didn't love, um, and we, you know, we won't pull any punches about that. In Tamarindo, there's a lot that we did love, hence why we stayed for almost three months. But I went back and looked, and we have not done a destination diary since June of 2019. That was episode 373, and that was our revised Croatia destination wow. diary. And I was like, "Man, why why is that?" And then um, I remember. hello. <laughs>
1: How could you forget? We're I, still in the midst of a pandemic. We didn't go anywhere new other than North Carolina in the whole last 15
0: months. months yeah, 2020, yep.
1: And uh yeah, I mean, Carolina Beach is not exactly we didn't there's not exactly a destination diary you could do for the small town um Nor Wilmington where
0: yeah, I mean, I th- we could maybe pull off a destination diary, yeah. but it's not, for us. It wasn't traveling per sure. se; it was living somewhere else, and uh, and that's why I'm super excited. I I even forgot the format a little bit. I'm like, it's been so long since we did a destination diary. What's the format and all that kind of stuff? And then I went back and looked at my notes, and I was like, okay, we we got this. We can do this. Um, and so we we're gonna give you our destination diary for Tamarindo, and. We start usually with just kind of an overview how to get there and, and the region and we're speci- we're specifically not doing a destination diary on Costa Rica because we went three you know two and a half to three months and it was just in Tamarindo and we didn't travel around Costa Rica a lot on purpose we slow traveled and spent almost all of our time in the town of Tamarindo other than a few little day trips we'll, which we'll get into.
1: Yeah, it was amazing to be somewhere for that long. And especially because, you know, we still are in the midst of a pandemic. We didn't want to, we just wanted to be comfortable and just kind of setting up a home base somewhere else where it was warm across the street from the beach with a pool so that we could get out and have some fun.
0: Yeah, and that was our mission, to live there, right? To not not necessarily travel the whole of Costa Rica, but to actually live there. And so getting into Tamarindo specifically, and Tamarindo is in Guanacaste province. There are seven provinces in Costa Rica. Guanacaste is on the west coast, and there are two major airports in Costa Rica. One is San Jose, which is the capital, and has, is by far the biggest city. So I looked it up. San Jose has like three hundred and sixty thousand people. The next biggest city in Costa Rica, I think, has sixty thousand. So it's you know six times bigger than the next biggest city, um, and that's the capital. And you can fly into there, and there's a lot of flights into there. But that is a good four to five hours, I right? Think it's
1: three and a half to four hours. Three and a half to four Tamarindo. hours from
0: Tamarindo. So doable, but you know, not as convenient as the second biggest airport, which is the Liberia airport. And that is about an hour and 15 minutes away. So we flew into Liberia and we flew out of Liberia, which was really nice. Hour and 15 to the airport, small airport. Those
1: roads are paved from the airport to Tamarindo. So it's really not a bad drive at all. You can do it on your own if you rent a car or you can take a shuttle in between uh, Tamarindo and the airport. But yeah, I just, it's so funny talking about, Costa Rica now because it was our first time there and before we went I didn't really know very much about Costa Rica and having been there for three months it really does feel like not a second home but almost Ooh. because
0: I like hearing that
1: now yeah well sure you do Trav. obviously dreams about living in a lot of places around the world but I think Costa Rica is maybe an attainable dream for that at some point in the future but yeah. It's just interesting. Like maybe it's just because it's been so long since we traveled and took a trip and experienced somewhere new in another country, but it feels really nice to be doing this destination diary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, we didn't ha- know that much. We had been told that Tamarindo was a, a cool little surf town, had the amenities we needed. You know, what we had said to our friends that had traveled there and had traveled through Central America, because this was our first time actually going to Central America. We said, we want something that's convenient by the beach able to surf good weather and it doesn't have to be the cheapest place out there and tamarindo fits all those bills but all of those um including not being the cheapest place out there. So it is certainly not the cheapest place in Central America. It's not the cheapest place in Costa Rica. But for us, it didn't. that didn't matter at this point. We weren't going for the cheapest. We were going for something that was had a good livability, and Tamarindo does. So uh, to get there, hour and 15 from Liberia, three, four hours from San Jose. Shuttle from Liberia Airport's about 80 bucks. From San Jose, it's couple hundred yeah. um, you could take buses and stuff but it's going to start costing you a decent amount of money yeah or be take or a bus be yeah
1: because your sister was thinking of coming from panama just the next country over and she was like i can only get flights into san jose and the transport from there to tamarindo is tricky
0: yeah so one thing you might want to consider if you are coming for a short time is renting a car um or or a long time but i'll explain why the short time uh, you know, because renting a car isn't that cheap there for us. Um, it broke down. Now, this was during high season. So it broke down to about $1,300 a month. It was about $300 if you did it weekly. Um, so you saved a little bit uh, as, a, well, it was like $350 a week. Um, and that, a lot of that is because you have a $12 a day mandatory insurance. I don't want to get into in the weeds, but just know when you go on carrentals.com or some of these sites, Some of those prices you'll see because you'll say, like, two dollars a day, three dollars a day. Oh, that's so awesome! They're not usually including the twelve dollar a day mandatory insurance, um, that you do have to get through the government. So just know that when you see these really cheap prices, um, you know, you're going to have to add twelve dollars a day onto that. Not prohibitively expensive if you're getting a cheap car rental. We needed an SUV, we needed seven seats because the kids and my parents, so that's why ours was around thirteen hundred dollars a month. If you got a car, maybe you could get away for like what, $600, $700 Yeah, and month. you
1: can easily have a car, but if you want to do road trips, I would say it's better to have... You mean an, you can
0: easily... Oh, have like, a car, I'm have sorry. a
1: car as opposed to an SUV, because right, we were just talking right. about how there's a lot of dirt roads. I think you'd be more comfortable having an SUV or even, like, a four-wheel drive, depending on what type of road trips you're doing. Yeah. Because uh, some of the roads are really difficult to travel on.
0: Yeah, it just, so. it's just more comfortable to be sitting higher. Um, And so the cars are not cheap and the car rentals are not cheap but if you're coming and you're factoring in especially if you're coming from san jose and it's gonna be a couple hundred dollars each way on a shuttle you know a car might make sense for you now do you need a car in tamarindo not at all if you plan on just staying in tamarindo everything if you're staying in tamarindo is completely walkable so we stayed at the sunrise condos, they are right across the street from the beach. I mean, a two minute walk max from the beach. Plus, you could walk to the main areas with restaurants and bars and stuff like that in five to seven minutes. So, one of the benefits of Tamarino versus other places is you can get around just walking very easily. Now, the sidewalks with a stroller, eh, it could be
1: tricky. tricky but, but it also depends if you bring a stroller that has bigger wheels. We brought, you know, like a really collapsible small wheeled stroller and it still was fine. It was just a little more challenging on the bumpy and on the dirt roads, but that's only for if you have really little kids. We had friends down there who had kids that were older than ours and, right, you
0: know, and we're walking everywhere walking and no everywhere. big deal. So yeah, if you're staying just in Tamarindo, you don't need a car. So if you want to do day trips, one of the things you could do is let's say you're going and again, everyone's trip is different, but let's say you're going for two weeks and you say, I'm going to do a week in Tamarindo and then a week, taking these trips in Tamarindo, you would certainly not need a car. You could get around walking. They also rent golf carts, which is a good way if you want to go explore the town a little bit and just make it easier.
1: Yeah. And also about renting a car, you can rent a car right in Tamarindo. So if you, there's two different places, I think that have all of the big name, um, rental companies. And so if you decided that you wanted to take the shuttle, and only rent the car for a day or two days or something. You can easily do that walkable right in Tamarindo. It's such a great little town because everything is right there, but there's still a lot of stuff to do and eat and see, which we'll be talking about soon.
0: Yeah, so just based base what you wanna do on, you know, running your numbers and saying, does it make sense to get at the airport or not? Um. You know, we had for the three months we were down there, first two months, we didn't have a car. And then when my parents came the last month, we did get a car for that whole month both were fine experiences obviously a car gives you a bit of freedom a few of the things we'll talk about you will need a car to get to or you could take a taxi if you just wanted to do them so again we did it both ways and and it was really okay both of those ways now as far as staying because this is even in a town as small as tamarindo before we went we were fortunate enough to have our buddy jamie on the ground there who introduced us to another guy who's lived there for 18 years because it's a little hard to get a feel for where you should B, right like neighborhoods and areas and um for us the place that we ended up picking we picked the sunrise condos because a they had a pool i would highly recommend anywhere you get has a pool right i mean and is that a almost a non-negotiable places uh,
1: most places do and yeah i mean it's super hot there so we used the pool and especially with kids we were in the pool every single day i don't think that there's a day that the kids didn't go in a pool
0: and, and the benefit of a pool, too, is even though we were a two-minute walk from the beach, if it is really hot, even, it, you know, whether you have kids or not, you go to the beach, you might not want to be there all day or especially in the heat of the day. So you might go in the morning, come back, go in the pool during the day, go back in the evening. Um, so for me, it's almost, it, not almost, it is a non-negotiable to have a pool if you're in Tamarindo because it will get hot no matter what season you're in. It gets hot. Speaking of seasons, there's kind of two seasons, dry and rainy. And the rainy is essentially September, October, November. We've heard mixed reports on how much it rains. Some people love the rainy season. But other than that, it's mostly dry. We were there for three months and it rained one day. And I, and I mean,
1: the, for a couple minutes. Y- right. Yeah. I, well, that's I what mean, I mean. There like, was it like our, a little rain shower right. the first week we were there when you were yes. walking home from that little shop with Hadley and it rained. And then I think it rained another time in the night that we never even saw. So. <laughs>
0: yeah it it, when it's dry season it's dry and it is blue skies 85 degrees to 90 degrees fahrenheit and sunny every day um which is awesome um and then at night one of the cool things about night is you usually have a breeze now March we were there January February March March apparently the breeze starts the wind starts to die down some in April there isn't much of a breeze and it was feeling noticeably hotter yes, at the end was. of March
1: it was I think April and May are the hottest and also more humid because you're gearing up I guess for the rain anyway yeah I would say the high season is the high season for lots of reasons but the weather is one of them I think
0: yeah so Um, You know, usually it's going to be 85 to 90 degrees and if the breeze is there and especially at night it cools down a little bit and you have the breeze that's really nice. So as far as where to stay, you know, we stayed at sunrise and we loved it and that was right across from the beach. There are some other options too, though.
1: Yeah. There are lots of cute houses. There's boutique hotels. You know, you can find Airbnbs. And before we went, you know, we wanted to be as close as possible to the beach, which is why we stayed at Sunrise. There's another condo and hotel complex almost right next to Sunrise called the Diria. It's the main beautiful hotel in town. You can't miss it. Everybody knows it. People, when you get to the airport, (laughs) will know it. Uh, But They have condos behind that you can stay in. Also really nice, but they're just a teeny bit further from the beach. And so then most everything else is kind of a little bit, a little ways from the beach. So if you get, an airbnb or you stay at one of the other boutique hotels when we before we went we were like oh this is going to be too far it is a little far but when i say a little far i'm talking like a 10 minute walk
0: max. maybe 15. Uh, that would be max I
1: yeah think. yeah
0: i mean so, 10 minutes yeah you if you want a point of reference if you don't want to stay right at the beach i would put in nordico coffee house that's kind of like the main. Hub of where all the bars and restaurants are, so you can kind of stay there or a little, a little pat, like away from the beach from that, like a five minute walk from there. And then from Nordico, it's probably like a seven minute walk to the beach. So if you're five minutes, you know, up the hill from Nordico, you're probably about 12 minutes from the beach. That's going to be cheaper because you're just far from farther from the beach. You can be right in that area where Nordico is, and it'll probably be a little bit cheaper, or you could be at the beach and then have the beach close and you know that kind of main hub area five to seven minutes away which is what we did and we really 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 enjoyed our time at sunrise and as heather mentioned the diria hotel is kind of the other thing right there that you can get beachfront as well there's another town it's funny that it's another town but it's just i mean there's a point on the beach and then it's a second beach and it's called langosta and that's just a little more residential and if you were there, you'd probably want a car, right? Because you're talking—it's about a mile away from down, quote unquote, downtown Tamarindo.
1: Yes. Now they did just pay- finish paving the road in between Tamarindo and Langosta, so you could bike it easily. That's true. You could walk it, but there is no sidewalk. So if you had kids and you had a stroller, you'd have to just walk along the road. It's not a super busy road, but you know, there's no sidewalk. So it would be easier if you had a golf cart or a car. And yeah, it's a really nice little town, though, N- not as much going on and only a few restaurants. So yeah, we I think there's
0: four restaurants in Langosta maybe. Yeah,
1: we were much happier that we made the choice to stay in Tamarindo just because there's literally so much going on and you can walk everywhere so quickly.
0: Yeah, we were looking at Langosta and our buddy said like, yeah, you can walk to Tamarindo every time, but probably just better to stay in Tamarindo. So if you want a little more action, stay in Tamarindo. If you really want to be off, you know, and have it be very quiet, you can stay in Langosta. Yeah,
1: or if you're just a single person and want some um alone remoteness you be in langosta or if you're a couple and you don't care about walking 10 minutes but with kids i would say tamarindo is much better
0: for sure and then if if you we'll talk a little bit about going further afield um in a little bit but there are other beach towns especially one called avianas which is gorgeous and definitely the prettiest beach that that i saw and that's about half hour from tamarindo but there's by car, but there's not much down there. So if, yeah, again, that would be like, hey, I wanna be off the beaten path, there's only two restaurants, I'm just gonna go to the beach, sit on the beach, or sit in my nice hotel, or Airbnb, um, but know that I have to get in a car and drive 30 minutes to basically go out to dinner. You can do that in Avellanas. For us, that was just that was just too remote. So we would prefer to be in Tamarindo and then go down to Avellanas. One of the reasons we prefer to go into Tamarindo, or stay in Tamarindo, is because for a town its size, the amount of eating options and the quality of eating options are Mm. crazy, crazy high. Mm.
1: (laughs) There are so many restaurants. I mean, I, I don't even know how many, at least a hundred. I mean, if you, and we didn't go to a hundred, but you know, there's tons of little ones that we didn't go to or, but like the main restaurants that we loved, there was at least 15 to 20 that we enjoyed going to. And then we went to quite often
0: yeah and so anything that's on our list, I kind of broke it down this way because it was very hard because we ate it at so we ate at almost every restaurant mm-hmm. there because we were there for three months and hashtag in the name of research. Mm-hmm. But I broke it down into any spots that are worth going to, like we're gonna mention any of these that we mentioned are mentioned are definitely worth going to, but then, but they're kind of ranked in order of like, all right, if you had to cut something off the list, cut this. so we're gonna work our way down. To our favorites so the last ones you hear will be the ones that you know that we say like these are musts Mm -hmm. if you only have a week check these out and and again that's not throwing any any dirt on these ones you mentioned first but they just weren't to us as important as some of the other ones and so noi bistro we went to noi bistro and that was a cool little spot right there on the main drag
1: yeah, we only went once. Our friends recommended it to us, and they just have nice, good, fresh food, ceviche, and um, tuna, yeah, tuna and sandwiches. Like and it's just sandwiches, so it's like a nice little spot.
0: Lots of seafood, obviously, in mm-hmm. Tamarindo, and and that's something that we loved is the fact that you could get fresh seafood at almost any restaurant all the time, and especially the tuna was really, really awesome. Santa Rita Cafe was right next to Sunrise Condos. In fact, when people didn't know where Sunrise Condos were, we said, oh, it's next to Santa Rita Cafe. And they'd say, oh, cool. (laughs) And our kids really loved it because they had like a two-story little playhouse inside. Good food.
1: Yeah, it's a great little spot. It's not the cheapest cafe in town, but it's good. And it's not my favorite coffee, but...
0: The and we'll food, get to that.
1: The food is good and the coffee is acceptable in my opinion. So it's a nice spot to go. Um, another spot that is really good if you have kids that Trav does not love the pizza there, but the pizza, again, it's acceptable pizza and they have a whole outdoor playground for the kids so that you can relax and eat while your kids are playing. It's so great if you have kids under, I would say, 10 because once they're yeah, there's
0: like a big slide yeah. in the playhouse and all that yeah. stuff,
1: and that's called La Baula, and it's just pizza and maybe they have some other small italian it might things might just be
0: pizza i don't even know if it's italian dishes or just pizza because yeah, we
1: have only ever maybe gotten pizza there i mean they have like a whole menu of pizza so it's really beautiful it's all outdoor and even like the main part of the restaurant's all like open air like if you want to technically sit inside it's not inside it's all open air but then they have a huge area that's not covered and with pic- large picnic tables. And it's just so easy being <laughs> there with kids. Cause those of you who have children know it's not always fun to go out to eat with your children.
0: Yeah. We went three or four times just because of how easy it was. And you know, we had another group of friends that we met down there that had kids as well. And so whenever we like, they had their kid's birthday party there, for example, now it was just us and them, but <laughs> four kids or whatever it was amount of kids. Um, just, it's just easy. So I would, I would agree that's a, it makes for a good dining experience, even if I didn't love their pizza. Um, El Chiringuito is a really cool spot that we went to one of the last nights we were there cause we hadn't hit it yet. And this is a beachfront, um, bar and restaurant and good seafood. I thought it was a little overpriced. Like it was really nice. And the spot is phenomenal. Like you are on the beach. It, you know, the kids most, were
1: playing in the sand while we were eating dinner, you and, know, and it watching nice. sunset. Yeah.
0: So I love that. But I thought everything was about 20 to 30 percent more than some of the other restaurants in town, which was a little odd because it wasn't it's not like a fancy place by any means. So good. But, you know, I because I wouldn't of that go every week. No, no. You know? My parents made me put this one on, not made me, but I, they mentioned it. Cause I, they were there for three or four weeks. I was supposed to be two and then COVID happened. And then I don't know. They, they were there
1: th- for about three weeks,
0: three weeks. So th- I asked them like, what has to be on this list for you guys? You know, because they, they, they went to a few places as well. Some that we didn't. Uh, and, the- and
1: just to clarify the COVID thing, in case you didn't listen to our COVID podcast, I got COVID in Costa Rica, but no one else did. So Trav, his parents, the kids. They didn't right. just so, you know, in context there, we didn't all just get COVID and have to stay in Costa Rica. Forever. Right, right. They stayed but I got it because, while his parents were yeah. there somehow. Yes.
0: Um, Volcano Brewing Company. So uh, this is right by Witch's Rock, which is the main surf camp there, which is, you know, world renowned. One of the first surf camps. It's right there on the beach. Now they have a brewery there and some restaurants, but Volcano Brewing Company, again, on the beach. Great spot. And the food, my parents went for the by themselves one time and brought back some some leftovers, and I had it. it. Was like, oh, this is pretty good. So we went back, and I got the ribs again, and it is, it's good. Yeah, it's like a pub with yeah, good you brew know, pub, good brew pub. I mean, the beer, I, I don't. You're know not going to get had any. M- we had it the one time I brought you back a beer one of our first days. Yeah. After I was done surfing, beer's fine. It, it it's not going to blow you away, but you know the fact that they have a brew brewing company there, that's that's cool um speaking of barbecue longboards barbecue this is right in the middle of the downtown section way better than i thought it was going to be
1: yeah i mean you think barbecue you don't necessarily think it costa rica it's not synonymous but it was pretty good it was well it was really good i
0: i was yeah like i would go back and get barbecue there um I thought the ribs were good. I thought the wings were good. And it was, it was cheap. Like we got a ton of food the one night yeah, and, and did takeout. And I think it was 50 bucks and we got four entrees and like, yeah, we got a lot of barbecue for about 50 bucks is, is what I remember. And, and being surprised at how cheap it was. Um, one of the things to note about Costa Rica and especially about Tamarindo going out to eat is that you're going to pay. It's going to be equivalent to U.S. prices, more or less.
1: Pretty much everything in Costa Rica is the same as the U.S. groceries. And sometimes groceries were more expensive depending on what you were getting. And where. And where. And going out to eat was pretty much the same. Although some of the nicer restaurants in Tamarindo, which if you went to... A similar restaurant in the States would be more. So kind of like the finer dining was a little cheaper, I suppose.
0: Yeah, it didn't scale up as high as the US yeah. where you'd go and get a regular meal and it'd be, let's say 10, 12, 13 bucks a person for like a lunch. but then you'd go out to a nice dinner on the water and it'd be 15, 17 bucks a person, whereas in the US. that would like double, right? right. And so you're, you're, yeah your nicer meals. You you kind of make out there, but don't expect to go to Costa Rica and have it being cheap, especially if you're in Tamarindo. Like this is one of the most expensive places in probably one of the most expensive or in one of the most expensive countries in Central America. So you're definitely not going to go, and it's not going to be like a Mexico or a Thailand or a Bali where you go out to eat for super cheap. That being said, you know you have the convenience. Like you're 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 getting, you can get barbecue right, and you can get all these different things. So
1: just you can have, get waffles
0: right which is our next <laughs> place and i was going to kind of break these up like there's maybe a break now here hath like i okay. think these this next like ones the
1: next tier like maybe yeah. the next tier yeah there's a place called waffle monkey they only serve waffles that's you it and get nothing else coffee.
0: There. Waffles coffee, and coffee and
1: waffles and juice and it's on the beach it's actually kind of like just a s- storefront like a stand that you walk up and order and then you eat on the beach in the sand, literally. It's so amazing. And the waffles are super good. I mean, if that's the only thing you're doing, it has to be pretty tasty. Again, it's not cheap. It's like oh, ten dollars a waffle. Ten dollars a waffle. Uh, but they're delicious and the kids love it. Of course, it being on the beach, I love it. And it's just a nice little spot to go to.
0: Yeah. The it's just it's waffle monkey. Yeah. You'll see people wearing waffle monkey shirts around town. Mm-hmm. It's just it's waffle monkey. Yeah. Yeah, yes. you're paying ten bucks for a waffle, but they have a churro waffle. They have Nutella. I mean, they have,
1: they have whatever you want baked when it comes to a like waffle. waffle.
0: Baked in with bacon. and like It's cool. It's definitely worth going to one of your breakfasts because you're going to wake up. You're going to go. You get your waffle. You sit on the beach. You eat it. Life yeah, is good. You
1: can usually see squirrels and iguanas and, you know, in the little plants around. It's just we always see fun stuff there.
0: Yeah. One of the neat things about Tamarindo is it because it has so many expats and, and and tourists, but a lot of expats living there as well from a lot of different countries. So we're talking a lot of Argentinians, mm-hmm. a lot of Israelis, a lot of people from the US, a lot of people from Canada. You know, you get a decent amount of Europeans too, but I would say that those first four groups I mentioned make up the bulk of the expats, is that you get a lot of different cuisine and a lot of different food for a town of, I don't know, a couple thousand people full time. You have a plethora of different options. One of those is Falafel Bar, which is run by Israeli guys and has really fresh, good food. Chicken shawarma is good. The hummus is good. The falafel is good. The salad is good. This actually was my dad's pick, and this is interesting to me. We, we went there because we tried to go to another place. It was close. So We went to the falafel bar, and he was like, that was way better than I thought. Um, so, yeah, it's just nice, good, fresh Israeli food and relatively cheap so falafel bar right there in the main downtown area and then another place that we went to once and we got takeout here but it would be a fun place to eat in if it wasn't really covid and that was called little lucha um they do taco tuesdays two dollar tacos so normally i think the tacos are three bucks but it's always nice to save some some dollars and they're the typical mexican street tacos so they're small and we got like 15 tacos for four of us and Again, thirty bucks, thirty-five bucks, was good. Lots yeah, of different it, kinds. It was
1: good. They just yeah, really like basic but good, good tacos for sure.
0: And they they also had I was going to say a spicy margarita that I got one while I was waiting there, um, for our takeout order. It was like a happy hour or something. I think there might always be happy hour. I don't remember. It was Taco Tuesday. Maybe it's always mm-hmm. cheap. It was like three dollars, and it was a dang good margarita. Nice. So, yeah, I'm a Little Lucha for Taco Tuesdays or anytime. Good spot.
1: Another spot that I only got a takeout sandwich from, but that Trav's parents went to, it's called Walter's Fish and Cheese. And that's on the road in between Tamarindo and Langosta. So you could still walk to it, but it's a little further of a walk. And. It's really good. Apparently, they have amazing pizza, which we didn't get because they only do pizza in the evenings. Mm. But it's just good Italian food. And I got a sandwich because they have, you know, the fresh meats and things. So I got a panini one day just to go. And that was really delicious.
0: My parents said when I came home, like, did you get to Walters to go get the dinner and get the pizza? I said, no, like, you have to get the pastas there. It's So good. So it's just the upper scale Italian place that... Yeah, is is a is a good spot. Um, one place that you would have to drive to, and this is down toward Davayana, so you're about twenty-five minutes outside of Tamarindo now. And that's a place called Da D A Calia. And this is run by our friend Jamie's girlfriend, Julia. And Da Calia is like a I don't know what I would describe it as, have an Italian Costa Rican fusion. I mean, they're Italian and Costa Rican, but then they also do it's just that they call it a food lab. So they do inventive, like, deconstructed nachos, but over, like, homemade potato chip type things. They do, like, wa- chicken and waffles. waffle
1: and a chicken and waffle. And-
0: Ceviche was really good there. Just, like, inventive stuff that if you're going down to Avianas, there are not many places to eat down there. There's only two restaurants right on the beach. This is off the beach, but it would be a great spot for you to stop on your way down or back Um, If you want to kind of get a little off the beaten path place that has really good food made right there. There's only the two of them cooking small little spot. You can get some some cool, funky little stuff.
1: Yeah, it's a great spot. So now we're going to be talking about our must eat. Yeah. So now we're going
0: up another tier. And I want to mention a place that we didn't actually get to. And this is I only had the leftovers here and this is a shame. Because okay. we have a friend down there, and you're going to mention. I, hey, yeah, well, you go I was just this.
1: No, I was just going to mention it, but I, I actually forgot the actual name of the restaurant because we just refer to it as Yuri's mom's restaurant. Yes, and it's then, called
0: Sazón Criollo.
1: Sazón Criollo.
0: S- S-A-Z-O-N space C R I O L L O Cezanne Creole. Yes,
1: and we never actually made it to the physical restaurant because a couple weeks after we got there, and this is our friend Yuri. She runs this company called Sunshine Babysitting. If
0: you need babysitting,
1: it's amazing. We used her and her, them. you know, team of people to watch the kids while we were there. They were all incredible. Uh, you know, brought great games and toys and just like next level babysitting services so they were that's absolute how we, lifesavers yeah lifesavers
0: yeah. i'm giving, we're giving a clap so <laughs>
1: nicole and yori um are the the two women who helped us out with the kids and they were amazing so yori's mom and you know these are costa rican women Yuri's mom has a restaurant right in downtown tamarindo it's the best local food that we had the whole time because Yuri took the kids there and brought us back some takeout and it was so delicious. Hattie was going crazy for it. Like she couldn't get enough of like the rice and the chicken and just really delicious, tasty food. However, while we were there, the restaurant actually had a fire in the kitchen and nobody got seriously hurt. But, you know, now they're trying to rebuild up the kitchen and we actually have a GoFundMe set up that we will share in the show notes if anybody wants to to contribute to that to help them get their restaurant back up and running. But just amazing local
0: food. Pretty sad story is that like it took her five years to get her permits They got up and running, COVID hit, they had a shutdown for seven months. They opened up for a few and then they had the fire. So they did reopen, but they, you know, they have a limited, they don't have all their equipment back and all that kind of stuff, but, um, they are reopened. And yes, we were like really amped up to go there. And then we, we didn't get to go personally, but, uh, sodas S O D A S like sodas mean like little locally run restaurants and. That is one of the few sodas that is in Tamarindo, especially in the little downtown area. And everyone loves it. Locals and Oh, yeah, it gets the best like. reviews. So, I mean, that. it has a five on Google, like yeah. five full stars. Um, so, yes, we will be going back. And Yuri tells us, you have to get the Snapper and you have to get the Ceviche. So, when we go back, yep, which we down. will be, we're getting the Snapper <laughs> and Ceviche. So, other ones that are on our must list. Uh, Dragonfly. You went here twice. You loved it.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful spot. It's not near the beach at all. It's on a dirt road. And so it's kind of f- further away from downtown. Obviously, still walkable but it just has a beautiful atmosphere and again it's under a roof but it's all open air so as most of the restaurants are not very many restaurants have a physical inside part to them
0: yeah you don't need to because the weather's great some
1: of them do because in rainy season you know but most of them don't and this one does have a roof but It's just really the ambiance is nice inside. The menu is just, it's kind of like that upper tier of not necessarily fine dining, but almost to that level and good cocktails, just delicious food. Really nice.
0: And like we said, that's where the best value is when it comes to Tamarindo is the higher level dining, but it's not higher level prices like you would pay in the U.S. Yeah, like
1: people will dress up to go to this restaurant. Right. Some of it's these other restaurants, d-
0: date night. People
1: go in in like their bathing suits without shoes on. But this restaurant, you know, you can go in shorts. Obviously, it's not you know too fancy, but you you will go and you will see some people like this is a nice night out dinner. Yeah,
0: but you're only but you're paying seventeen eighteen bucks for like this huge awesome hunk of seared tuna. Oh yeah, which I couldn't is, even get the seared tuna if you yeah, go
1: there. The seared tuna is amazing, and it was so big I ate only half of it yeah.
0: so so dragonfly kind of a bit of a staple uh in tamarindu it's been there for a while and they do really good stuff shrimp hole is a little seafood place that does shrimp they have some fish too but they're and and it's good but i would recommend like going there the, the lunch or dinner, whatever you get is, is good, but the key lime pie and the passion fruit cheesecake are the two best desserts yeah, the, that I had the whole time.
1: That's what stands out is the desserts there.
0: They just homemade, awesome, not heavy like you would kind of think of cheesecake. The, I, it's like this, it's lighter, but perfect.
1: <laughs> and the, the key lime pie was very good.
0: Yeah, so good food too, but... Don't stuff yourself so much that you that you don't get the dessert because you have to get the dessert at Trimple. Now, on kind of the same level as Dragonfly, which you were just talking about, is Pangus, which is again the maybe the best known or that or Dragonfly kind of fine dining place. We use that in quotes again. You can show up in shorts and all, but a little bit of an elevated experience. But Pangus has the benefit of being on. The beach
1: yeah it's right on the beach and actually the estuary so tamarindo has a few estuaries that run into the ocean so this is like right as you first come into town before you hit you know the main bit of town and it's a beautiful sunset there because you have water on the beach in front of you and then to the side where the estuary is and the food is very good yeah, it might really be the good.
0: most expensive restaurant in Tamarindo. There is a place called Seasons which which we didn't go to um that I think is up there with it. It might be the most expensive, but again, we got so you, we got this incredible appetizer sampler and it was 30 bucks, but it fed Three of us. Yeah. Like we only got the appetizer sampler and one entree because the first time we went with my parents, (laughs) Heather and I got the appetizer sampler for us. And then we got the seafood sampler, which was like 60 bucks for, and it fed two. And we couldn't. We
1: were full after we had the appetizer. So we ended up taking a lot of it home, which was fine, but. It's best fresh. And so, yeah, this, the the platters are really, really big. And it's really delicious because it's just a lot of fresh seafood. You know, they have other things too, pastas. And, you know, they had fish fingers and chicken fingers for the kids, which I, I don't know if they were on the menu. But I, if you ask, they have it.
0: Almost everywhere will have chicken fingers for yeah. kids, whether it's on the menu or not, Yeah, which is but, good because our kids <laughs> eat chicken fingers every day.
1: Almost every day.
0: Definitely every day.
1: But they have just really incredible food and This restaurant is gorgeous because it just has all of these tables in the sand and string lights everywhere and like this huge log of driftwood. I put some of it up on our Instagram stories, which I can save as highlights uh, so that you can look at them in reference to what we're talking about
0: here. It would be the number one date spot that I would recommend in Tamarindo. Yes. For sure. Um, And not saying you have to go on a date there, but yes. And again, the price is entrees, 20, maybe 25 bucks. Uh, again, the, the portions are huge. So we highly recommend if you go. The appetizer sampler is incredible, and the seafood sampler is also really, really, really incredible. But just know that they're both very big portions. And, um, you know, the second time we knew. And yeah. so we didn't get another huge entree after that. Um, one of the local places that we really liked, and this is great for breakfast, I think they only do breakfast and lunch, is Cafe Tico. It is slow.
1: It takes a long time. Takes a long
0: time. If you're with kids, be prepared. It's going to take you a while, but it's all homemade, and they had the best huevos franchise I've ever eaten. It's very so, good. Uh, cafe Tico, little local joint, really, really fun.
1: Our second favorite, like restaurant, uh, cafe, breakfast spot, Nordico. We went there so many times, and they have smoothie bowls that we all loved. They have good breakfast, pretty good coffee. Yeah, smoothies n- Yeah, awesome.
0: Nordico is just a great spot and is really I I would say just a, a great spot to go at any time because their food is really good. It's re- it's cheap and it's a it's a fun spot if you're going to work from a coffee shop. That's a good coffee shop mm-hmm. to work from and it's very centrally located. Um so we went there quite a bit. Now, there's a food truck park right off the one main road going to Langosta. And that is a fun experience. So I think there's seven food trucks, but they also bring in live music sometimes. And yeah, it's
1: only and open in the evening?
0: I, is it open for lunch? I think it's open for lunch too. I We only ever went in the evening, so yeah. I, I can't be sure. But it is open every day. As far as I know, maybe closed Mondays. Um, but the food truck park is great. There's a Uruguayan food truck that makes awesome pizza. Not every day they have the pizza, much to my mother's chagrin, because she would eat that every day. And there's also a place right next to it the food the food truck right next. To it, I can't remember the name. Does arepas, and arepas are Venezuelan like or Colombian kind of sandwiches that are in like a fried tortilla cornmeal shell. They're incredible. And the one right next to the Uruguayan one does chorizo and pork arepas. And my dad was like, you better put that on there as a must-do. And there's a churro food truck, too. Yeah. So. The churros
1: were very good. You know what you don't have on this list is another spot that's a food court, the Mercadito. Yeah. And I guess it's because you didn't necessarily love it, but it's pretty good stuff. And it's great to go to with families because it's all outdoors and they have, you know, like 10 different restaurants in there. They have an ice cream stand that's really cheap, um, like a dollar, I think, for a kitty ice cream. So I would take with there and Hattie, but sometimes if Hattie was napping and Trav was home, I would go with Wit and just have a little special time there. The pizza was pretty good. So, you know, it's a good spot, Yeah, but it's, the, it wouldn't be a must. Yeah, the America
0: Open air food court is great because there's a lot of choices and the food truck one is great too. The food truck one is right by the beach, which is awesome. Um, and again, like just, they do live music. It's just cool. Yeah. Um, r- oh, we should tell you, this isn't on the list as well, but here's an insider tip. Who knows if we'll be there forever, but there is a hot dog truck <laughs> that I pulls never up, it. not like right down the road from the food truck park. OK, it's where the camping site is on the beach. So look for the camping site. There is a hot dog truck. The guy's name is Almond. He is the man, speaks great English. He's there Friday, Saturday and Sunday with this little VW van that he converted into a hot dog truck.
1: I wish I would have had and one.
0: Wit loved it. My dad loved it. I even loved it. I mean, I don't eat hot dogs all the time, but um, yeah, he was great. And, and Whit would always ask, like, when are we going to the Hot Dog Man? I'm like, it's all here Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> so that's an insider tip that you will not probably find in any guidebook. Almond, the Hot Dog Man, right in front of the camping spot on the beach, um right down from the food trucks. Now, a few other places, and then we'll wrap up eating. But honestly, that's one of the keys of Tamarindo. And one of the reasons we love it so much is there are so many good options that you can stay there for, Three months and not get sick of eating out and everything's walkable. Yes. One of those is another good bakery. Actually, let's throw the two bakeries together here. Masa Madre, a little bit further out of town.
1: Still, still, you can walk.
0: Still walkable. Totally walkable. But getting to the edge of of town. And they have good um, pastries, but they have incredible bread. And they also have amazing sandwiches, like the best sandwiches in Tamarindo that when... Like they'll make them fresh right there for you. Mm-hmm. And they're incredible.
1: Yeah. And then the other bakery, uh, Pan del Mundo was our number one spot that we went to, I think in Costa Rica in Tamarindo, because for some reason at the beginning of this trip, we became obsessed with croissants. So we found this bakery. We got the croissants like the first or second day we were there. But I'm telling you, this bakery is a French bakery and it, their croissants are as good as you would find in Paris. Like not, the Pano au chocolat and their regular croissant. I mean, just as good as being in Paris.
0: Not to be confused with the place that is called French Bakery. Yes. But this is called Pan del Mundo, yeah. Bread of the World. And like you said, we went at least four times a week and they, yeah. It's awesome. So uh, it's good. right under Nordico Coffee House, so we do that a lot. Go get some croissants, go to the coffee shop, hang out there. Um, just a great 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 experience. Uh, right across from Sunrise is an incredible restaurant called Pico. This in, when we first got there Pico was like Bistro. Yeah, our main go-to because it's mm-hmm. right on the beach. Affordable prices, great food. It was right across from where we we're staying.
1: The vibe is so cool there because cool chill. it's where a lot of surfers like where the Sunrise condo is and where the Diria condos are, that's kind of the main surfing spot on the beach because Tamaruna Beach is kind of long, you know? So it's the main surfing spot. It's where most of the surf shops are. So a lot of surfers will hang out there. They even have, a lot of the restaurants have showers. The the restaurants that are on the beach, like they'll have an outdoor shower. So if you're coming in from surfing or from the beach, you can rinse off and just sit there in your bathing suit and eat. And the food, I mean, it's not going to blow you away, but it's good food. It's good. And it's pretty reasonably priced it's not that expensive and right there on the beach and they do have a dj sometimes at sunset you know for some live music and yeah cool. i
0: mean now that we're surfers we say that's where the breaks are that's where the breaks. it's, it's are. right in front of the pico yeah. pico break that's why it's yeah. called pico because there's a break there called pico and now it's called pico bistro so definitely check it out we would recommend like if you were coming into town and you just said all right i want something fairly easy mm-hmm. for my first night but i want to be on the beach i'd say go to pico yes and that's in fact, actually what we did to people like when my parents came, yeah, they we said, oh, there. where was that place we went the first time? I'm like, yeah, Pico, yeah. because it's just a, a cool little spot there right on the beach.
1: And it's open all day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I would go there to work a few times as well yep. on those few days that I was working, <laughs> but yep. it's a great spot. They have good Wi-Fi too.
0: Green papaya, we've got three more. And these are, I think, must, must, musts. Mm-hmm. Green papaya, great. This was where we went for our first night when we went, when yep. we got in town to dinner. Um,
1: blown away by how good it was and it's also a cute spot they have indoor and outdoor the outdoor has uh, like these homemade
0: swing chairs swing
1: chairs with like this wooden live edge bar kind of that you can one side is stools and the other side are swings was kind of really fun and the food is incredible probably one of the best things i've eaten so far this year.
0: And massive portions. So massive they portions. do have the best chips I've ever had in my life. Yeah, homemade they, chips. So you go, you get the guac and chips, like 10 bucks. It's like, oh man, for that's a lot. And then they bring out an amount of chips that's probably equal <laughs> to a bag of chips. Yes. But they're all homemade. Incredible. The tuna tacos into huge tacos. It's like they basically give you a whole fish from a taco. Yeah.
1: And everything is really fresh and homemade and organic. And even their tortillas are homemade. And they use not just... You know, white flour, they'll do whole wheat and even their chips have some whole wheat flour in them. So it just feels a little bit healthier.
0: And you're, well, maybe you're, but definitely my dad's favorite thing that he ate the whole time was their shrimp appetizer.
1: Yeah, there is a shrimp with um, cream chipotle shrimp, I think it's called. And it's just what it says shrimp in this creamy nice chipotle sauce like
0: I, you will lick the bowl yeah. and and get every last bit of that creamy chipotle <laughs> sauce
1: and serve with their chips so it, it's just incredible winning incredible combo
0: yeah. we highly recommend green papaya vita bowls is my favorite thing that i ate my word the entire obsessed
1: about these smoothie time. bowls
0: Smoothie bowls that are the best. If you peeped our Instagram, you saw these amazing looking smoothie bowls. That's at Vita Bowls. They have a, it's a, it's a food truck. So they come to the Saturday farmer's market, which is mm-hmm. definitely a thing you should do. And we'll get into that in a second. But, um, they also do smoothies, but I, I prefer the bowls. They're also in every day in Waukes, which is a town about 20 minutes away. So By if you have car, a car, yeah. you can go there, but don't miss them at the Saturday market. They are I eat a lot of smoothie bowls, a lot of acai bowls. They are the best ones I've ever had.
1: They're so good. I went. And beautifully presented. Beautifully And presented. the people who run the truck are just lovely human beings. Jorge, you're so, the man. So great. I already miss it.
0: <laughs> I miss it. You know, a lot of the stuff they ho- make homemade. Yeah, they, they get make like, their own
1: Nutella, their own peanut butter.
0: Oh, they get like flowers, edible flowers from their garden. He makes his, he has his own moringa. Like, They just take a lot of pride in their stuff, and it shows, and they look gorgeous. So go to the Saturday market, get Vita Bowls. That would be what Witt and I did every Saturday. We'd go down, we'd get our Vita Bowls, we'd go to the hot sauce guy, and we'd get the special tamarindo sauce that Miguel right across Mm -hmm. from Vita Bowls, and that was like our Saturday morning. So the number one dining experience we had in Tamarindo is at a place a magical place that we found by accident which makes it even more magical and is my favorite spot like if i'm standing in that spot it's my favorite spot that i went to in all of costa rica now we didn't go to all of costa rica but true for our travels and that is a restaurant called patagonia del mar
1: it is so amazing at this restaurant and this same restaurateur he's from argentina He has a Patagonia in Tamarindo so you can go, but it's not as beautiful as Patagonia Del Mar, which is next to the ocean in this small little beach town of Brazilito.
0: Yeah, so it's Patagonia del Mar is not in Tamarino. No. It's about a 25-minute drive, yeah. which stinks but also makes it a little more magical. It does. Is also by the hospital. So yes. if you ever have to go to the hospital <laughs> for any reason, whether it's COVID tests or hopefully not any other crazy reasons, you might as well go to Patagonia del Mar. Yes,
1: because it's only five minutes from the Metropolitano, which is the hospital there. And... It's in this little tiny seaside, oceanside village of Brazzolito. And as I was saying, you can go to Patagonia, the restaurant in Tamarindo. The same restaurant owner has another restaurant next to Patagonia called Bamboo Sushi, which is seafood, sushi and all of that. And it's very good. Very good. If you like sushi, that is the place to go in Tamarindo. Now, Patagonia Del Mar combines those two menus of like Argentinian meats and things with the seafood menu, like the poke bowls, like the best poke bowl I've ever had. Probably I've eaten it now like at least five (laughs) times. It's so good. That is what you can find at Patagonia Del Mar. And the restaurant, like Travis said, we found it by accident. We had borrowed our friend Jamie's car. This was like the first week we were in. Costa Rica and you know, we were just driving and Whit had we wanted. were going
0: up to like, we we had heard of a place called Playa Flamingo. Mm-hmm. So like, well, let's just in this area of Costa Rica, there's only basically one road to go anywhere. Right. And so we were driving towards Playa Flamingo and we're going through, you know, we know the beach is kind of to our left. We're just going through these smaller little villages, not that much to see. We go over this bridge, we come up to this turn and all of a sudden to the left, it's like, boom, There's the ocean. The beach. It's gorgeous. And you're like, whoa, okay. I didn't expect that to be right there. You take this little 90 degree turn and there's like a little deli right there, which Witt had wanted to get a croissant. They didn't have croissants. Of course he wanted a croissant. Um, We stopped at the bakery. We got him a cupcake and then we see a pool there. I'm like, there's a pool and like another restaurant.
1: So we couldn't see any rooms, but we see this big restaurant like another open air restaurant called patagonia and we're like i wonder if that's the same patagonia that we've seen in tamarindo because it's right in the downtown it is and, which
0: you guys know now it is
1: and you know we were like why do they have a pool there so we were just really curious
0: they have cool wooden swings yes, a it, swing it's a set they have all these lounge, lounge chairs, chairs.
1: Just yeah. beautiful, beautiful, and then the the restaurant itself is designed really, really beautiful. Like that's one of these things about this restaurant tour. His whoever designs his restaurant spaces is just does an amazing yeah, job. Because like doing. even bamboo sushi, you feel like you're walking into this little jungle. It's super cool and hip. And then Patagonia Del Mar, all open air with beautiful lighting and plants and just really cool vibes. Like there.
0: a glass enclosed wine room. Oh yeah, someone knows what they're doing. Yes. And so, so- we
1: walk over there. Yeah, and we're, we're like, like, what's
0: the deal? <laughs> There's got to be a hotel here, but we don't know where it is. And we asked the person at Patagonia Del Mar, um, who's this pool for? Like, is there a place to stay? Like, this is such an amazing piece of land. Like, we want to come back and stay here. And she said, no, we just opened that pool up a year ago. It's for anyone who just comes to the restaurant. And I'm like, wait, pools and swings and all this for kids? Like, just if you come to the restaurant? She's like, yeah, you could swim in the pool. We'll bring our, your food over to the lounge chairs. Like, okay, well, this is going to be a pretty hotsy-totsy, like, expensive restaurant. We look at the menu, we're like, no, this is actually pretty cheap. Yeah. Then we get the food, and it's some of the best food we've had the whole time. So it is an incredible experience, especially with kids. Whenever we want to get out of Tamarindo or we wanted to have a nice meal out with the kids, meaning, okay, they can swim and they're not like running around a restaurant breaking glasses, we would go to Patagonia <laughs> Del Mar, well, especially when we had a car, yeah. and we'd go and we'd swim there and we'd eat and we'd have a drink, then we'd eat some more. And the service, the service in Costa Rica is pretty good anyway, like everyone's really nice and attentive, but at Pantagonia Del Mar, they just take it up another notch. I mean the nice some of the nicest people we've ever met.
1: Okay, like the first time we went there and I was putting Hattie in the little booster seat so she could reach the table and I accidentally pinched her with the buckle and they brought over an Free yeah she started cream. crying
0: and they're like oh here's some ice cream we don't <laughs> we want to like, we feel bad that your kid's <laughs> okay. crying I'm like, and it's
1: not because they were like oh this restaurant's full and busy and this crying will disturb other people no we were like the only people in there yeah <laughs> and they were so nice and that was i mean we went back i think five times five or six times because it's just our favorite spot and the vibe there is cool in brazilito the little town it it's nothing like Tamarindo because it's so small and it's not built up at all. And so we just really loved it so much.
0: Do whatever you can to get to Patagonia Del Mar. It, um, everyone we took there, we took my, so we said, we're going to take my, if they come, we're taking my parents back here. They'll love it. They did. When our buddy Mike came down, we're like, we're taking Mike here. He's going to love it. He did. They, it's a special place. Um, it just checks all the boxes and we absolutely loved it. And it was our number one dining experience in Costa Rica Mm -hmm. for sure. And spoiler alert, we'll probably find its way onto our best meals of 2021. So whatever you can do, get to Patagonia del Mar. I know we spent a lot of time on food. If you guys are still listening, you probably don't (laughs) care because you love food too. And you love travel. And you've been thinking they haven't done a destination diary in a, in almost two years. So we're making up for it here. Um, we want to get into drinks a little bit. This is a little more of your domain. I wasn't drinking that many cocktails, nor do I drink coffee, but there are, you know, everywhere in Tamarindo, you can get cocktails, some better than others. um, And there are some really good coffee shops as well. So let's start with like cocktails and drinks and stuff like that. Anywhere that you would definitely recommend. Uh, or, or places that you remember having above average cocktails.
1: So as we mentioned, Dragonfly was, is an amazing restaurant. They have great cocktails. I also, I had margaritas at a few places and most places that were on our, I think every place that was on our list. Would have good cocktails. Like we went to a few places. Like we went to this one place, Johnny Tamarindos, which is on the beach. It's good for kids. The food is very like average, average. pub type food. And the and drinks, we, the are drinks were plastic cups not good. And are like gross. we got, yeah, their happy hour margarita was not good at all. So, but most places that we went to that were n- nicer places, they all had great cocktails.
0: Yeah, Pangus, and good wine. We we mentioned Pangas. A lot of places have happy hours. Pangas was the the date night spot. And they have two for one cocktails. Most of their cocktails are two for one. Happy at from happy hours like four to seven every night. So like you can find those deals, and most cocktails typically will run you between four to six bucks. So that is where stuff is cheaper in the mm-hmm. U.S. Cocktails and wine, and and beer is usually a little cheaper at these restaurants than you would pay in the U.S. Especially cocktails. Yeah. You know, if you go to a nice restaurant and get a cocktail. You know, in the U.S., you might pay 12, 13, 14 bucks. Here, probably the upper limit is like 10, and most are in that like five to six dollar range.
1: Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of good wine at the restaurants, they have a lot of South American wine. I think that's the majority, like, even if you go to the grocery stores, that's kind of the bulk of what you will find is South American wine, so it's good wine and and yeah i mean at three to five dollars or sometimes if it's happy hour you know like two for five it's great it's a great deal
0: for sure um coffee is costa rica is known for coffee one of the you know what what would you say one of the main coffee regions of the world and for good reason there are some pretty cool coffee shops that we've already mentioned here so why don't you just run through it from a coffee perspective not like the coffee shop but where has good coffee yeah
1: so the Nordico, which we've been, that we said was our favorite. They have good coffee, good. good. They have their own beans that they roast and you can buy. And it, it is very good. I would say that their execution of doing like a latte or cappuccino wasn't my favorite. I got a pour over once there. It was good. Pour overs, pour overs are not my favorite way to have a coffee, I really like to have lattes or cappuccinos. Um,
0: All the coffee snobs just put their noses in the air, <laughs> right?
1: I guess. I mean, yeah. Maybe I maybe mean, A not. pour I over, know. I guess. What
0: do I know about coffee? Is
1: the, I guess... I don't know. A lot of people who love coffee like to just get a pour over. That's what I
0: meant. Like the snobbiest of coffee snobs, which again, if you are good for you, but that's like. Right. So Nordico
1: does that and you know, you can choose your bean and all of that. And so that's a cool experience to do it. And their beans are really good. Um, Santa Rita it's just average, really average coffee, you know, whatever. But the number one spot. And the best spot. The beans, in my opinion, are the best here. Like I bought a huge bag to bring home is tamarindo coffee roasters. The only problem with this is that it is not in downtown. Camerando. now that
0: being said you can walk you can walk it'd be uh li- maybe a mile walk yeah
1: and i wouldn't recommend doing it like with kids in a stroller because again no. no sidewalk you can also take a taxi i mean it's literally if you have a car or a golf cart no issue it's two to three minute drives right. out of town it's very close it's across the street almost from the
0: Huge, Huge. really expensive, but really nice grocery store. Yeah, the best the best
1: grocery store that I like to shop at, Auto Mercado, which was just like shopping in the U.S. They had everything you could possibly want. It's right across the street from there. So it's, you know, a little bit of a mission to get to, but not if you're willing to walk or if you have a bicycle or if you have a car or a golf cart. And I have to say, Renting a golf cart is super fun. We didn't do it, but our friends did it, and they took us around for like an hour one night. It's really fun to have a golf cart.
0: Golf carts were f- a cool idea. The problem <laughs> with golf cart rentals is like $50 a day. Yeah. So at that point, and you can only go certain, you know, you can go out to Tama Coffee Roasters. You can go over to like Langosta, right? And that's kind of your limit because anything else is too far away. But you're that, I mean, you're paying the same price as a car. So or more. It might, yeah, or more. So I, I don't know. Whoever... Listen, whoever's running the golf cart things knows their supply and demand because when I saw 50 bucks, I thought, this is crazy. I can go get a car for 30 bucks and a car could take me obviously anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, but hey, it it was fun. Um, And maybe they'll cut you a deal if you get it for a couple of days or what have you, but yes, golf cart easily can get to Tama Coffee Roasters and Tama Coffee Roasters is worth going to. If you like good coffee, make the trek out there. Same as we said with Patagonia Del Mar, you know, get a car one day or two and go to some of these places Mm -hmm. that we mentioned. Um, we're going to get into activities now. And why don't we just get into those day trip places that, if you have a car for a couple days, but you wanted to come back to Tamarindo mm-hmm. each night, you can easily do that. That's the beauty of Tamarindo, is it's so centrally located. There are, I mean, I'm trying to count like probably 12 different beaches you could go to from Tamarindo for like Within half an hour because mm-hmm. there's all these like little inlets and they're all different. So um, let's run through a few of those that that we would recommend people go to just for some day trips.
1: Yeah. So I think our favorite one, we can start with that, which we already mentioned, is Avianas, which is a beach south of Tamarindo. So you have Tamarindo, you have Langosta, and you have like a couple other little beaches. Well, you beaches. have Hacienda
0: Panilla, which is like a private community. And yeah. then you have Avellanas. And then you
1: have Avellanas. So it takes about 30 minutes to get there. And most of it is dirt road, which is why it takes so long, because you can only go like 25 miles per hour. But then you arrive in Avellanas, and the beach there is just so beautiful. Because the sand is soft and it's white and the water is, Super is clear. more clear than Tamarindo. Here's the thing I want to say about Tamarindo is I'm glad I looked at a picture of the beach in Tamarindo before we went. Because it's not the most beautiful beach. No. I mean, it's beautiful because it's a beach and it's warm. But it's a little crowded because it's the main beaching area. Yeah, the the sand is not white. surfers. Yeah, the sand is not white and the... The, when the tide comes in, it comes in almost all the way to the top. So there's not a lot of soft sand. It's a lot of hard-packed sand. So it's a nice beach. Like, we enjoyed hanging out there. But it's not what you imagine of, like, this tropical, gorgeous, beautiful beach. It's
0: not a pristine beach. But as our friend Isabel said, she said, it's not the best beach in the world. But if this is my backyard <laughs> and I can drive 30 minutes to Avianas, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I would say, too, is for us, it was... That's a good enough beach. There's good waves there and it is nice, but you could then, and it's super convenient if you're in Tamarino Mm -hmm. because of all these restaurants we just spent 40 minutes talking about. Mm -hmm. If you go to Avianas and you stay in Avianas, yeah, you get a nicer beach, but there's nothing to do. There are
1: two restaurants on the beach there. In fact, there was only one before and a new one just opened. So
0: you just have to decide what type of trip you want, really. And for us, it was definitely convenience. And going to these nicer yeah, beaches. and
1: you can go to Avianas 30 minutes in the car if you rent, or taxis will take you there very easily. And it's just so beautiful. The sand, like I said, is really soft and nice. The waves are good for surfing as well. And they have all of these trees that you can kind of set up camp under to get a little bit of shade. So it's a nice beach for walking because it's nice and long. It's just really there's a really cool
0: wooden bridge through the mangroves called well I don't know what's called wit was calling it the broken bridge because <laughs> it looks which is awesome so go take pictures of that it's it's like being on another planet because it's these,
1: these- Dead, Dead
0: mangrove trees that are all white, and then this bridge, just like wooden bridge, just cutting through it. It looks like it's going like to nowhere. It's really cool. Um, when I f- stumbled upon that, I thought this is amazing. Mm-hmm. No one knows about this, and then I realized we are there on a weekday. And if you're there on a weekend, everyone does know about it, and you <laughs> mm-hmm. might have to wait like thirty minutes to go on it to take a picture. So, pro tip: go on a weekday. Um, if that's south, if you continue south, it gets even more remote. Mm-hmm. You can go to a place called Marbella, which is gorgeous and like a black sand beach. And there is not, I mean, there is nothing there. Yeah. Yeah. At that point you are, yeah, there's a convenience store about 10 minutes from the actual beach Mm -hmm. and it's the size of like a gas station convenience store.
1: So be prepared to bring food if you're going there, but it's gorgeous and it's very remote. It's on a dirt road. Again, on the way to this other main hotspot called Nosara. And we were there on a Sunday. We saw two other people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of beaches if you go south with no one on them. Legitimately no one on them. Again, you probably wouldn't want to stay there because there's nothing to do. But you can go for the day. Marbella is about an hour. If you go all the way down to Nosara, there's a, more beaches along the way that you could stop off at. Mar- Nosara is more known. It's much more rustic than Tamarindo. It's got maybe five to seven restaurants. It's all dirt roads except for one that they just paved, and it's like you're in the jungle kind of. So it's like, well, it's 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 a commu- it's a community that basically makes you feel like they're cutting utopia out of the jungle and happen to be on the beach too. But it was a little rough for us wanting to spend a lot of time yeah, there with, and you, with kids. You
1: need to have a car or yes. an ATV or a quad or something like that because it's not walkable like Tamarindo is walkable because it's very hilly and there's different sections of it on two different beaches. So it's really funky in that regard, which kind of makes it feel more mysterious and and cool but it's not convenient as far as what we experienced in Tamarindo.
0: Yeah. So do your research. I mean, Nosara is another place to look to stay, uh, you know, Tamarindo or Nosara. You can do your research about that for us. Tamarindo, the convenience was better for our situation than the kind of magical feeling that you get down to Nosara because you're in the jungle and, and, yeah, there seems to be super remote, and and you know you feel like you're a little bit on the edge of the world, um, but definitely would recommend visiting. No, sorry, that might be a bit far for a day trip. People Our do it,
1: did it there and back in a day.
0: But it's a good two hours down yes. and two hours back, and it's all dirt roads. So, it kind of, we stayed over when we went,
1: and it was great. I we stayed for one night. I could easily have stayed for two, maybe three nights, but after that, I think. I don't know. It's hard to say because again, we only did one night there, but you definitely could do at least one, maybe two to three nights just hanging out there, exploring that area. There's another beach next to uh, Nosara called Ostianol, and that is famous for the sea turtles. They have sea turtles there all the time hatching going into the water. I mean, maybe not all year, but I think during the high season it's, you can call a guide and they'll tell you when, you know, when they know that some might be hatching it and do it with someone so you can kind of be guaranteed to see.
0: It's one of the two. It's one of two of the, one of the two largest spots (laughs) of sea turtles hatching in the world, I guess. So there is like these, these times where a ton of them are doing it, but I guess they're also doing it a lot as, throughout the year as well. But I think yeah. there's like a main time when it gets bonkers with sea turtles yeah. hatching.
1: Bonkers.
0: Yeah, um, which we weren't there for, but Ostional is a really cool
1: Yeah, and we for. actually didn't go there and we didn't see any sea turtles because we were in Nosar for like 24 hours. So that's another reason why if you went for two or three nights, you could plan in advance to go with a guide to see the sea turtles and do some other things in the
0: area. Yeah. So that's if you go south. And one thing to mention, if you go even further south, there is a town called Santa Teresa, which is supposed to be this really cool, hip town, kind of an in-between of Tamarindo and Nosara, so not as rustic as Nosara and has more going on, but certainly not as touristy as Tamarindo or as easy to get to because it's at the very bottom of the Nicoya Peninsula. We did not get down to Santa Teresa, but that is definitely a place that I would recommend people check out if you have time and if you want to go down there.
1: It is a a bit further. Three and and a
0: half hours from Tamarindo, maybe four.
1: And one thing to take note, again... If you have small children, it, the waves and the tide and the current there is stronger. I've heard it's not as safe for small kids. Right. And
0: that's another good thing about Tamarindo. And the reason we stayed there is that the, it is, you know, there is current for sure. And you have to be careful. Some days are more dangerous than others. but. But the beach is very family friendly. Um, if you go north of Tamarindo, so all that south of Tamar, if you go north, this you can go to Rosalito, as you mentioned, which is where Patagonia del Mar is. Playa Flamingo is about half an hour away.
1: And Playa Flamingo is itself another kind of hot spot for people to go and stay, not as long-term necessarily, but more vacation. They have like a Margaritaville and like some nice restaurants and hotels. So a lot of people will come there for vacation, like one yeah. or two weeks.
0: It's a bit more yuppie than tamarindo and a little more higher scale like you're gonna pay more in flamingo uh, more resorty um but north of flamingo is a place called las catalinas and then you start driving up into the mountains and um playa danta is right there and so these are just beaches that are much more mellow and without much waves which is great for kids um and just, you get a little bit different of feel because there's a lot, you're coming up through the mountains and then descending down onto the beach. So, uh, Las Catalinas, you can get to, you know, in less than an hour, basically from Tamarindo. Mm-hmm. So that could be an easy day trip yeah. as well.
1: And we had a lot of fun doing those little day trips and seeing just some different beaches. Some of those, these beaches have rock formations and rock islands out past them that you can see, which looks really striking. Kind of reminds me of Southeast Asia a little bit. And It's just fun to kind of, especially if you're, like we were in Tamarindo for three months. So going out and seeing these other places was really nice.
0: You could also get, hire a boat and go to a lot of these places via the sea. Um, You know, from Tamarindo, you could go and you could go to all these places, not even have to drive a car. So that's Mm -hmm. one thing to consider. We did not do that. That's one thing to consider. At some of these beaches up north, you can get jet skis and take them out. Mm -hmm. Um, They do scuba diving. We didn't do any of those activities, but... There's a lot going on, especially up in Playa Flamingo, because that's going to be the other tourist hub as well. Some of the things that we did do was chill. We chilled mm-hmm, a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, this would be our slowest, least activity driven trip of all time, I would say. Yes. Um, most of what we did was just hang out in Tamarindo, go out to eat, hang out by the pool. Um, and surf. And surf.
1: Trav surfed. I would say almost every single day except for the 10 days when I had COVID and I was quarantined and it was just like not really something that you could manage right. with the kids and all of that. It was
0: very hard to leave the kids on the beach and get there. <laughs> well, your parents parent.
1: were there to help you, but it just didn't work out that way. Right. I would say almost every other day you served though.
0: Yes, and that is one of the, main reasons to go to this area of Costa Rica especially Tamarindo is if you want to surf and if you're especially if you're a beginner surfer or you you want to learn um lots of lessons good place to surf uh, I'm not going to bore everyone with the details of like which beaches to surf <laughs> and stuff like that but Tamarindo the beauty of Tamarindo is that the town is actually on a beach that has surf right there like you do not need a car to go surfing you can go surf in Avellanas you can go surf north in Playa Grande you can go to all these places But if you just want to walk out your front door, Mm -hmm. grab your board and go to Tamarindo Beach and surf, you can. And a lot of people surf there. And if you want a surf lesson, the man to talk to, and I'm so glad our buddy Jamie told me to talk to him because he is so much more than a surf instructor. He's an incredible person. And, you know... With any teachers, you get that. Some people just want to help you out for the day. And some people really care about you progressing and getting better. And Elias is that latter. And he runs a company called SALT. That's SALT or SALT. SURF as Life Therapy is the acronym is what it stands for. Um, Look him up. Tell him Trav and Heather sent you. He is phenomenal. His prices are really reasonable. If you don't have a board or anything, in fact, a lot of people don't come with a board. He'll bring a board for you. He'll get you a rash guard. And um, it's just
1: it's amazing. I took
0: four or five lessons yeah. with him. I want to take more, but you know, our schedule got busy So his. Heather took three or four lessons from him. He's an incredible, incredible, incredible guy.
1: Yeah. Just really awesome hanging out in the water with him, talking with him, you know, hearing about his life story. He's also asks you a lot of questions, so he's a good conversationalist. He's like, you know, you're out in the water. The lessons are usually one to two hours. Sometimes. Usually two hours. Yeah, usually two hours. Sometimes, if we split, we would each do an hour or something, but usually two hours. So, you know, it's nice to have somebody that you can chat with as well because you're not just taking waves the whole time. Sometimes, if the, you know, you got to wait a little bit to, to get a wave depending on the day. So, yeah, he's just an incredible person. So, highly recommend. And he's a really good surfer, which is important. Yeah, obviously. and
0: there are a lot of surf lessons that you can take in tamarina they're everywhere mm-hmm. definitely if you're going and getting surf lessons go to alias from salt um you know some of those other guys i'm sure are fine too but i can tell you that it's worth every cent that you spent with Elias because you're going to get way better as my buddy jamie said he said i went with Elias. i caught like 20 waves in one session i went with someone else because it was like five dollars cheaper or something mm-hmm. he said i caught like three and it wasn't near as fun so um Yeah, and I I was out there a lot and listening to a lot of surf instructors, and a lot of them are really nice people, but they just, you know, to some people it's just like, all right, let me get through this lesson. I'll have a little bit of fun. Elias is like, I want you to get better, so we're going to work on stuff. I want you to have as much fun as possible. Just go to Elias um, from Salt. A few other things that you can do. You can uh, go down to Langosta Beach Club and ask for Nico, and Nico has this crazy Hawaiian boat, like a paddle boat, Boat type thing. I don't know how you would like describe it. Like a canoe, but then on the other side is like the outrigger portion. Yeah, and you can take it to an. You can go out to an island that's off the coast of Tamarindo. About thirty minute paddle out, maybe not even not in about even twenty minutes back. Um, and that was super fun. It was and you like, do
1: it at low tide, so it has, depending on the tide. It has to be low tide. Then it's less of, you know, the island is there's more island if it's low tide, right? And it's less of a paddle if it's low tide. Yeah. So.
0: Forty dollars a person, super fun activity. We took the kids. He has his snorkels. You can go snorkeling. So you're just it's neat to see Tamarindo Beach from the island because Tamarindo Beach can get a little busy and then you're out on the island and you're no by one else yourself. Is there and-, and there's
1: just seashells everywhere. And it's like a scrubby little island. It's lots of rocks and little bushes. And so you feel like you're in this.
0: Yeah, like you're on a deserted yeah, island. Yeah, like you're you on, a on a deserted, deserted island.
1: island. It was very small, but Whit loved it. And then, you know, I was surprised, but he even really loved the snorkeling. He had so much fun. We had to like pull him away from snorkeling.
0: For sure. Um, so yeah, definitely take that little boat trip out. It's just, it's cool. It's well worth the money. Um, two markets that they do. The Saturdays Saturday Farmer's Market, we went to every single Saturday. We're there. It's awesome. It's fun. They, a lot of kids, if you have kids, there's a lot of kids there hanging out. Um, it, you know, there we would go and get the Vita balls, the, the smoothie balls. We'd get our little hot sauce from our buddy Miguel. You know, Heather would go get kombucha fruit, from Maya. Kombucha. Yeah. Fresh yeah. fruit.
1: Vegetables. And it's right next to the skate park, which is in and of itself a huge fun thing to do for kids because, and this is relatively new. I think the skate park was only built in the last couple of years so awesome time for kids they even had on some of the saturdays like a volunteer come and do like some racing games yeah, hula hula hoops hoops and things stuff. like that for kids so just really really family friendly
0: yeah i think it's open from eight to two and again it whether whether you go with your family or whether you buy yourself it's just fun they have like fresh food there the, mm-hmm. the the bakeries are all there just a cool cool experience we you know We went every week because it was great for families but you should check it out regardless there's also a thursday night market which is some of the similar vendors but it's much smaller and they have like bands playing there and i think there's i believe they serve alcohol there um so you can like it's more of a party vibe Mm -hmm. um so thursday night market is is fun too um when we were there it was a bit crowded for us especially because of covid we didn't want to be around that many people um if it wasn't during covid it would be fun and and definitely you would feel a little more festive but um yeah thursday night market
1: yeah we uh, only went once but yeah cuz yeah.
0: it just started back up yeah well, when we were leaving but that is a that is a cool thing to do as well one thing um oh well i know in my notes here i have sunset
1: well yeah I mean, because you are on the Pacific side of Costa Rica, you can see the most epic sunsets every single night. And it's funny because our kids like the beach, but they love the pool. So sometimes in the afternoon, we'd be at the pool and I would drag them sometimes kicking and screaming to walk across the street because you couldn't see the beach from our our pool at the condo um, because there were like a couple buildings in the way. So I would make them walk. I mean, it's three minutes, yep. but it's 5 every night magic magic magic
0: sunsets gorgeous always the same time mm-hmm. um one of the neat things that we did like about tamarindo a lot was that you mm-hmm. know someone said at 5 45 it get really dark by like 6 30 and it would just kind of be chill then like mm-hmm. we in the beginning we were going to bed at like 9 p.m because there's not <laughs> much more to do now that you can go out especially on the weekends there's some places in downtown that you can go out later and all but it was It was nice, like sunset wrapped up the Mm -hmm. day. You stay at the beach for about a half hour after sunset as the light kind of went down, went back, made some dinner. It was a very nice, simple Uh, experience. Yeah. There.
1: Sunsets were just incredible there.
0: One of the things just real quick that we didn't do, there is a volcano called Arenal, which is supposed to be awesome. It's about three and a half hours from Tamarindo. We never ended up getting up there, but that's also something. also a
1: lake. It's like a volcano next to a lake and it's very tropical and lush there. Whereas Tamarindo, because we were there in the dry season, it's very dry. Yep. So other than, you know, the palm trees and the landscaped properties, the rest of like the mountains and everything around you is just dry brown. So Arnal I think is more lush, lush. And there are other things like there are waterfalls and lots of things you can do. We didn't do any of that because, you know, we were there, we were hanging out, we were working, we had the kids, so we didn't do a ton of the and like daily excursions for
0: us with like a three and a half and a one and a half year old, you know, going out and saying, Hiking. we're going to hike to a waterfall. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a hard sell for everyone involved. So, um, But there's there's certainly a lot that we didn't get to do. What we do at the end of every Destination Diary is, I don't know Heather's mm-hmm. answers and she doesn't know mine, but I make sure that we're going to give you a one thing you can't miss, one thing that we did that you you eh, you know you could skip. It's not, not as cool um, as some of the other stuff we talked about. And then one thing we wish we had done. So, Heather, I'm going to let you lead it off with what is your one can't miss and you're looking at me well because i had it head. written
1: down and but now it's deleted so i'm just trying to think of what my can't i mean it's miss this was, was this
0: was very hard because being there for three months and oh and I essentially remember. living there yeah I, I had a really hard time well with can't miss because there's a lot that i want to yeah. mention but also with the skip because again we i didn't don't do have so many a skip. Activities. All right. Well, I'll give you mine then. But uh, in a second. All right, give me. Your- I remember what my can't
1: miss was. It was Avianus. Okay. Oh. oh, sorry. <laughs> I did it oh, before beat this.
0: the drum roll. Beat the, the drum roll. I didn't right. know you were
1: going to do the drum roll. I'm sorry. Avianus. All right. The- Avianus the beach.
0: Okay, yeah. 30 minutes south of um, of Tamarindo. All right, my my can't miss is surfing. Like whether you're a have surfed before or haven't, like get out, take surf lessons, go surfing. The water is always warm. It's it's one of the reasons that tamarindo is known um and has become known around the world is as like a surfing hotspot, and it's
1: good for beginner surfers too i mean very good you can be a higher level surfer and surf there there's certain breaks and spots that sure. are better um and sometimes like in langosta we went to langosta to the beach and that was like a little harder for you to surf at as oh, like definitely. an intermediate <laughs> i didn't even try but tamarindo she's it, being so, nice
0: calling me an intermediate you but I'll are take that. you're I'll pretty
1: good like take i take saw you surf a lot yeah, I mean, All right. come on. If you do it every day for like 50 days, I would hope that you would, you know, Progress. move up to the next level. But you got really good. I mean, I was impressed towards the end of the trip watching you she catch some of plushie. the waves. But me, I've never surfed before ever. So Travis was like, listen, you could surf in North Carolina at the beach house, but it's going to be not as good conditions and you won't have like Ilias to teach I'll you guess, how yeah, to. And move.
0: you're going to have to wear a wetsuit. Yeah. Well, other than the no, summer. in
1: the summer and you know September and October, you weren't wearing a wetsuit until November. Right. In North Carolina, but anyway, the point is, Tamarindo is great for learning how to surf. It's perfect. So I was like, well, if I'm not going to take a surf lesson here in Tamarindo, then I'm not going to take a surf lesson everywhere. So it kind Anywhere, of gives yeah. you that little push to yeah, just get out there and try it. Even Trav's mom. Had not surfed in fifty years, and yeah, she fifty
0: five 50. zero. She stopped surfing when she was fifteen, and she got out there and did it. So yeah. it, it's great. You see little kids out there surfing, yeah. just go and surf. Like if you're afraid to do it, and you're like, I'm gonna suck, and oh my gosh, I've never done it, and this doesn't seem in my skill set. Yeah, you. Who cares? Get out, go in the water, take a lesson. They'll give you a huge board. Mm -hmm. It's essentially like a stand-up (laughs) paddleboard. You'll fall over a bunch, and it's going to be a lot of fun. You have to surf.
1: Yeah. I mean, I only had three, maybe four lessons, and I was getting up, Yeah, you know, On my my last lesson, I got up quite a few times. And And I think
0: as a joint one, we could say you can't miss Patagonia Del Mar. Yes, of course. But we we hammered that home during the eating (laughs) section. But Patagonia Del Mar, make an effort to get there. And
1: since we were talking, I did come up with my can't, or that you could skip. Okay. And it has to do with Avianas Beach. There are two restaurants right there on the beach, Lola's, and then this newer restaurant that had opened that was a little cheaper. And so we didn't go to Lola's, which is a little regret. Not my... Wish we had done. Right. but
0: Lola's w- is an institution that's been on Avianas Beach for yes. like and it's 20, 30 years. Beautiful. Beautiful, expensive, gorgeous. but everyone knows it.
1: And so our friends that we went to Avianas with had already been to Lola's We're like, oh, well, let's try out this new restaurant. We heard it's good, but it's cheaper. So we're like, sure, whatever. It was not great. So I would nope. definitely skip the other restaurant. And just if you're going to Avianas once, just go to the good restaurant
0: yeah go to lolas and everyone knows lolas and it's it is it's like the one restaurant now there's two but it was has always been the one restaurant Navayana, so bit of an institution my skip is an institution in tamarindo and that is nogies mm. so Nogi's was built i think 1973 it was the first restaurant or one of the first restaurants in tamarindo it's still operating it's on the beach all this stuff led me to say like the first date night that heather and i had we're like we're going to Nogi's. and we did and it was just okay.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's cool because it's on the beach, but there's plenty of other right. beachfront restaurants. So, so it
0: was just okay. Yeah. And we were a little bummed because we hadn't had a date night in a couple months. And then we go out and we go to this place that, you know, to me, it's like, oh, it's been here forever. It's, yeah. yeah.
1: yeah it's an institution. This is going to be
0: great. And it was But just I
1: don't average. know. We went for dinner and I think they're also open all day for meals and stuff. So maybe yeah. breakfast or lunch would be better.
0: But all those places we mentioned, all like 35 mm, of those restaurants we mentioned, go to those over Nogies, <laughs> and then if you go to all those, then try Nogies. Sure. What is the thing that you wish we had done?
1: I wish we had taken a boat somewhere. So they do sunset cruises, and I wish we'd done a sunset cruise. But you know, with Hattie being one and a half, she does not love being on a boat. I mean, this last summer when she was almost a year old, she was like 11 months old. We took her out on my brother's speedboat. It was a challenging experience. Yeah, so we just kind of avoided, little kids on
0: boats. Yeah, not always. We the kind best. of
1: avoided taking a boat trip. You know, if she's a little older, maybe. Um, but I love being on boats, and I love sunset cruises because I also just love sunset. So what could be better than sitting on the beach out on the water? Oh, I know. Even, even better,
0: surfing at sunset. Surfing
1: at sunset because cool, as I told
0: this was my line to everyone in the water. You know, when yeah. no one was catching any waves, they weren't. Cra- mm-hmm. I said. Yeah, but we have like our own free sunset cruise because we're just sitting out on our board looking at the sunset. Yeah,
1: I did that once, one time when I had my lesson at sunset. So It's the best. Yeah, it's great. You did it quite often, but I did not get to go on a boat at all. And they also have really cool excursions, as we mentioned, doing snorkeling or scuba diving, um, doing some cool stuff, seeing the other islands by boat rather than car. So I wish we had done a boat. All right. Some My sort. wish
0: we had done. I'm going to give you a big picture one, and that was oh jeez. Have gotten down <laughs> to Santa Teresa. Okay. Which we we purposefully didn't do because we didn't want to drive three and a half hours with the kids, and that was fine. Like I said, hashtag slow travel life, man. We slow traveled to a T, mm-hmm. um, to the point that we basically didn't leave this town for three months, and it was awesome. But the the thing I wish we had done in town in Tamarindo is Witches Rock Surf Camp. As I mentioned, one of the first things in Tamarindo, one of the things that put Tamarindo on the map, one of the most famous surf camps in the world.
1: We didn't do the movie night.
0: There is a guy there named Robert August. If you know anything about surfing, Robert August was in the most important surf movie of all time probably called Endless Endless Summer. And he lives in Tamarindo and he shapes boards at Witches Rock and, and like he's there all the time every tuesday they play endless summer um i I don't know if it's inside or on a big screen or something and he like comes and hangs out with people and sometimes he like narrates scenes and stuff and i really wanted to do it and we just we just forgot so um yeah i still have never watched endless summer i watched a portion of it and I was like no i'm gonna watch it when we go to witch's rock and watch it with the guy who's the star of it and um we never end up doing it. Yeah. So we'll have to go back and do that.
1: And let me just put out another shout out was you talked about shapers. Uh, Cause I didn't even know that people who made surfboards were called shapers until we went to but now you're
0: a surfer, Tamarindo, so now,
1: yeah. but we went to another surf shop, which is outside of Tamarindo near the coffee roasters. That is Boards, which is a very cool, cool shop, a cool space decorated mostly with surfboards, but in a cool minimal way. And Trav actually bought a surfboard there. I did. That that Shea shaped, and it's really a sleek, awesome board. So yeah, if you're looking to buy a board or just look at some boards, Shea boards is a very cool spot.
0: Real before we go, I'll mention this with the surfboard rentals. If you are coming and renting a board, Um, usually they're about 10 to $15 a day for a week. Um, you can go to Matos, M-A-T-O-S surf shop. They're the cheapest ones and they're really good guys. Uh, you can get for a week there. You can get it for like 70 bucks. Most places charge about a hundred. Um, since we were staying for three months, I had paid like $150 to rent a board. And finally I was like, when we realized we were going to stay for much longer, I'm like, well, I'm just going to buy a board. So if you think you're gonna stay for a while, might make sense for you to buy a board. You can also buy a used board and sell it back to them. You could buy a new board and take it home with you, um, or you could bring your own board down as well. Just remember, because this is what happened to us, I, I couldn't find a travel surfboard bag in any anywhere um, on the whole coast. So um, buy a travel surfboard bag before you leave wherever you live and bring it down with you if you wanna get one because they, they don't seem to have a lot of them. And we had to and do stock. some. Yeah. We had to take noodles and duct tape the noodles on the rails of the board and cardboard and like put together this crazy contraption to bring the board mission. home. So, um but yes. Yeah.
1: And also about bringing boards, like it's not that expensive to check it as, as an extra bag. I on American, on Airlines. American Airlines. Most
0: places it's $150 each way to bring oversized like sporting equipment American just did a thing where it's only oh it's the same price as any checked bag though okay, so it was
1: like $50 or like yeah
0: 35 to 50 bucks whatever you would pay to check a regular yeah. size bag that's all they charge Okay, for American I don't know about all the other airlines check but I know I did read that for American and that was true for us and we flew American so that's a little tip if I had known it was only gonna be 35 or 50 bucks I would have just brought my own board down versus you know, I thought it, I just thought it was going to be like prohibitively expensive to bring it down. So anyway, there Good you go. You know. There you go. A little bit of surf knowledge for you guys. We have, I would say, this is our longest destination diary. <laughs> but, Maybe. But ratio of amount of time we spent in the mm-hmm. place to time we talked about it, not that high. We spent three months and we did about yeah. an hour and a half on Tamarindo. And it really is an awesome, magical place that for us checked all the boxes of great weather, beach, beautiful beaches right around it great restaurants super convenient family friendly good time and you know cost again not cheap like if you went to thailand or bali but it's it's a similar cost for us to live there as it would be to live at home so you know it was january february march for us and we said okay well we can either spend the same amount being somewhere cold, or we can spend the same amount being somewhere that feels like paradise. So for us, it was well worth <laughs> it. Um, so if that's something that you're looking for, looking t- for, and I know a lot of people on our Instagram were talking about like, hey, can you tell us about Tamarindo? Can you give us advice? Well, here you guys go. You have an hour and a half of everything you need to know about Tamarindo before you go um, in our destination diary. So thank you guys for tuning in. Um, we had a fantastic time. Hath, I'm not gonna put you like too much on the spot, But
1: could you see
0: yourself spending multiple months a year in Tamarindo?
1: 100%. And it's not on the spot because you already knew my answer would be that because we've talked about it ad nauseum.
0: So (laughs) when we mentioned before of places that, you know, we'd want to spend, like live, uh, Costa Rica, we hadn't been to, but it sounded pretty good. And now that we've been there, it's moved up the list. So we could be home basing in Costa Rica a bit.
1: Mm, We shall see.
0: Thank you guys for the support as always makes us the number one ready travel podcast. And until next time,
1: happy free travels.
0: On my way
1: through, I saw you and I'll see you
0: again someday.